Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you that uh, we get to be your children. That you have gifted us with your son. That when we, when we know you, we are made complete. We are reconciled. We are justified. We are sanctified. We are made, we are made holy. We are made pure. Through Jesus, you've made it so that we can come into your presence and we don't have to be ashamed. We can come boldly. Thank you that you give us the gift of your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We are in constant communion with you. We are your temple. And when we come together, we build your temple. We build your church as we gather. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our awe. You are worthy of our lives. And we want to give them to you. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here. Thank you for receiving our worship. Lord, may we continue to worship. Continue to make your presence known among us today. Speak to us. Give us ears to hear. Open our ears. Open our eyes. Open our hearts to receive your spirit and your message. Father, even more importantly, as we receive that, give us, give us boldness to go out into this world and share your love with this world that so desperately needs you, that's lost and in darkness. Father, help us not to just soak you in here, but help us to go out and <laughs> squeeze you out into this world. Thank you for your love. Thank you more for the opportunity to share your love with those that need it. I, would, I pray you would burden our hearts for that. Thank you again that we can come together. Thank you for your word. Thank you through. Thank you for music. We ask for your blessings on this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Ephesians as we continue to walk through uh, the book of Ephesians. And we've been in it, I don't know how many weeks now, a number of weeks. Uh, I hope that you're still taking time each week to read uh, the letter in one sitting. Uh, it's just, it's so good to be able to read it one time in its full context in one sit sitting. And I want to encourage you to do that. If you've missed a few weeks or you say, man, I've been doing that a lot. I don't want to do it again. Do it again. Please do it again. It's good to. Uh, it's good to do it. And again, I want to encourage you to do it in a different uh, translation than what you're used to reading in, just because the words are a little bit different, and I uh, want to encourage you to do that. Last week, we were in chapter 4, starting in verse 17, and we went all the way through verse 20 in chapter 5, and we looked at the subject of get out of the darkness. This week, we're in chapter 4, verse 17, and we're going through verse 21 of chapter 5, and uh, this week we're calling it Walk in the Light. And so the reality is, is that last week we looked at kind of the don'ts, the don't do's. Now that you are out of the dark or are, that we should be getting out of the dark, these are the things that we shouldn't be doing, that we should be staying away from. And this week we're looking at the things that as children of the light, we get to do. 
the things that we get to do, the things that we are, that's part of our identity, that's part of who we are and what we have in Jesus. And what I really like about this section of Scripture is it's got the do's, it's got the don'ts. There's actually more do's than there are don'ts. Uh, We get to do more than we're told not to do. And and that's a great thing. Um, I'm going to review last week. Last week's lists of don'ts. Are you ready for this? Someone might be. Uh, don't be. Don't be futile in your thinking. Don't be darkened, darkened ignorant. Don't have hard hearts. Uh, they're told that uh, those that walk in darkness uh, have lost sensitivity. They've embraced sensuality. They're impure and they're greedy. We're told to put off corruption, put off falsehood. We're told not to sin in our anger. We're told not to give the devil a foothold, but resist temptation. We're told not to steal. We're told to not have uh, or to uh, stay away from unwholesome talk. We're told not to grieve the Holy Spirit. We're told to stay away from bitterness, rage, brawling, slander, and malice. Uh, We're told not to be immoral, not to be impure, not to be greedy, uh, not to be idolaters. We're told not to partner with deceivers and liars. We've been told, we're told to avoid the fruitless deeds of darkness. We're told not to even talk about what the lost do in their private areas. And we're told not to be foolish and not to be drunk on wine. Those are things we're told not to do. Now here's the thing, that's quite the list, isn't it? And uh, it's hard to listen to that and say, can I do or can I not do? Can I stay away from all of those things? Uh, I told you last week that the topic heading here in my Bible for this section is instructions for Christian living. Uh, and uh, my old, old Bible that I have all my markings in, it's actually called Living as Children of the Light. Uh, I like that one better. Uh, NIV went from their 1984 printing to their new 2011 printing, and they changed a couple things in this section that I, I think they should have left the same. They did make some changes that I liked, uh, but they went from calling it living as children of light to instructions for Christian living. Uh, that's what it is. This is my favorite section of scripture in all of, all of the Bible. It's my favorite one because it tells me how to live. It gives me the rubber meets the road. That's what I like. I'm like, okay, this is what we're supposed to do. Let's figure out how to do it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, but I like living as children of light because this is the reality. Last week I asked you this question. What's the best way to get out of the dark? Turn on the light. Turn on the light. So I ask you this. What's the best way to stay out of the dark? Keep the light on. If you keep the light on, then the darkness not going to be there. It's going to stay light. And so I like living as children of light because to me that puts the focus on what we get to do, who we get to be in Jesus. It's focused on being the right way, being who we're supposed to be in Jesus and not focusing on what we stay away from. Because I've found in my life at least when my eyes are fixed on the right place and I'm moving in the right direction and I'm doing the right, the things that, I'm, that I should be doing, I'm chasing after Jesus, I'm focusing on him, those other things that I'm not supposed to do, they don't even come into my mind. I'm not even worried about those because I'm focused on being a child of God. I'm focused on being a, being a child of the light. When we're focused on what we're supposed to do, what we get to do, then to me, those things that we're supposed to stay away from, we tend to stay away from them. 
Last week I mentioned uh, the song All the Darkness by Steve Wiggins, and it says, All the darkness in the world can't hold back the light of the smallest flame. I love that line. But it's the same thing. In here today, we have a bunch of lights. This is a pretty bright room right now, isn't it? I hope so. If we're children of light, each of us representing that light, we're walking in the light, this should be a pretty bright room because each of us are shining as God's children. As we go out into this world, we don't quite shine as bright as we do here as a, com- as a combined group because now there's pockets of darkness everywhere, but we're told to take this light out there. One of the things that I appreciate that I love is camp. Anyone else like camp? Love camp. Love going to camp as a child. Uh, now I don't go to camp. I get to go to council. And so I love going to council. And uh, I love going on retreats. And I love going to conferences. And it's because when we go to those places and we spend a weekend or a week in those situations, we are completely surrounded by other children of light. And we're focused on our source of light, God, all week long, aren't we? When you go to camp, how many times do you have a service in a day? Usually. Two? Who said that? Two. Two. Sometimes three. Two. Even at council, we would have in the morning, we'd have our president's report. But along with that, there would be prayer and there would be worship. And it would be really cool. In the business sessions, we get to that in the afternoons. There's prayer there. Believe me, there's prayer there. Um, uh, But then we get to our evening service. And again, there's worship. And to me, when you're in those situations, when you're at a camp, when you're at a retreat, even a retreat, men's retreat, we'd go in on, on, on Monday night or on, on Friday night and there'd be a service. And Saturday morning, there'd be a service. And Saturday night, there'd be a service. And Sunday morning, there'd be a service. And, and you, you, you were just constantly surrounded, focused on the light. And to me, when you're focused on the light like that, those seem to be those times when the Holy Spirit really comes in and moves in your heart and things happen. Here we come in real quick on a Sunday morning, kind of tires screech into a halt, run in, do our thing, and then as soon as we're done, if the preacher gets done in time, we're out because we got to go get food, and then we got the rest of our week. We come in, we do the light thing, and then we take off. Seems to me when we soak in the light, those weeks of camp, those weeks of Council those weekends of retreat, that's when the Holy Spirit really does something in our lives because we are just surrounded and permeated by his light in those moments. The more that we spend time in his light, I think the more that we hear from him, the more that we speak to him. And if you're, if you're saying, man, sometimes I just feel dry all week and then I come in Sunday morning and I get my boost, well, it's because you've gotten that opportunity to be around others in the light. And when you get to be in the light all week, when you figure out how to do that all the time, to me, the communication you have with the Spirit becomes even more intimate and closer, and He speaks to you more and more. So as we spend time, we're going to walk through this piece of Scripture, all of these verses, and the best way to do it, just because there's so much here, is we're just going to go verse by verse and look at the things that God says, hey, as my child, these are the things you get to do. This is who you get to be. And it's true. This is who we are in Jesus. That's what Paul is showing to us all throughout the book of Ephesians, this is who you are. Because this is who you are, this is who you get to be. This is the life you get to live. And so he starts out, and as we talked last week, he talks about who people were, who we were in the dark, but now we're in the light. And the first thing he talks about for us in the light is verse 23, that we are made new in the attitude of our minds. We're made new. 
We're told that we put off the, our former way of life and uh, we are made new. We are new creations. We've heard this before. We, we are made new. The way that we think, the way that we see things, the way that we do things, our attitudes, our thinking is made new. You ever have one of those moments as a, as a, just as a person, I have these all the time. All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm in a situation, and all of a sudden, a thought comes to mind, and it's like, where in the world did that thought come from? Anyone? Please put your hands up so I'm not alone. Man, Satan wants to do that. He wants to give us our thoughts, and you're like, where did that thought come on? Why did that pop in there? That's part of Satan trying to bring us back into the darkness. The reality is our attitudes and our thoughts are new. And so when those moments come, Satan wants to take that and say, see, you're not really changed, but we are. We are changed. And we remember that. We hold on to that. I love this verse because it tells us, you know, that we are made new in the attitudes of our mind. We are made new in the way that we think. So when those thoughts come, you can say, nope, that's of the darkness. That's not of the light. I'm walking in the light. That thought can be gone. Verse 24 Put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you are righteous and you are holy. Do we believe that? Do we live that? Do we live that way? We are righteous, we are holy. That's who we are. We get to live that way. I, I, I would say that too often we don't live that way. And, and too often we live defeated. Too often we live, you know, but I'm a sinner. I did this wrong. I couldn't even make it a day. I couldn't even make it a week without sinning. Satan wants to beat us down. We are righteous. We are holy. God, Jesus tore the veil to the Holy of Holies, and we have instant access to God at all times because and only because we have been made holy, and we are righteous and we are holy. We are righteous and we are holy. We are righteous and we are holy because of what Jesus did for us. And we walk in that. That is part of walking and being a child of the light. Verse 25, because we are righteous and holy, we put off falsehood. That's the don't. But what do we get to do instead? We get to speak truth. We get to speak truth. That's what we get to do. We get to speak truth. Any, anyone here uh, as a child um, struggle with lying? Anyone here have to be taught how to lie? Anyone? Anyone have to teach their kids how to lie? That was part of the darkness. We didn't have to teach that. It became, it's who we were. One of the things that I struggled with as a kid was, was uh, um, let's see, how do I say this? Um, making myself look better than I actually was. Anyone ever done that? Told the story to make yourself look good? Uh, I lived in Hawaii. I've shared this before. I lived in Hawaii from the middle of third grade through the end of sixth grade. So three and a half years. When you live in Hawaii, of course, most everyone, everyone knows this. When you live in Hawaii, what's the, what's the number one thing you do in Hawaii? Surf. That's right. So I was there from, you know, eight years old through almost 12 years old, which that's old enough to surf, Right? Right? So when I was in Hawaii, three and a half years, guess how many times I surfed? Anyone? Once, twice. Zero times. Zero times. But when you move from Hawaii to North Carolina, and people find out you lived in Hawaii for three and a half years, 
What do people say? Did you serve? Well, if you want to look good, if you want to be cooler than you really are, what do you say? Of course I surfed. I lived in Hawaii. It's what you do. So most of my years, middle school, high school, people thought I was a surfer. I didn't surf for the first time until I was in high school in North Carolina. (laughs) What a waste. But I wasn't speaking truthfully. I wasn't speaking truthfully. It was something I tended to do. I tended to tell stories, uh, embellish stories to make myself look better. And uh, finally, I came across a bracelet one day. It was one of those little rubber ones that said truth on it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start wearing this bracelet because I need to be reminded that I need to speak truth. I need something to help keep me from, not, from telling lies and to speak truth. Eventually, I found one that's this nice leather snap one with a metal thing that says truth. Uh, The first one I had like this, my dog chewed because he liked chewing on leather. Um, So I kept the metal piece and ordered another one. So I've got this one. Uh, This one's black. I know some people are going to laugh, but I wear this one when I wear my black shoes. Uh, I took my other one and put it on a brown bracelet so I could wear it when I wear my brown shoes. Um, But I wear this so I remember that I'm a child of God and that I speak truth. Because that's what God's called me to do. I don't always wear these anymore, but I usually always have a bracelet on my wrist. And the reason I wear that is so that I'm reminded that I speak truth and that I represent truth. Sometimes we have to do things to remind us who we are in Christ. Verse 26 Uh, It says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. For me, what that's saying to us, what we get to do when we see that is we get to seek peace. We get to seek peace. That's who we are in Jesus. We are peacemakers. We get to seek peace. When there's arguing going on, when there's disagreements going on, I think it's good to have good conversations. But when we have those, we should always be seeking peace. Verse 28. If you've been stealing, steal no more. Instead, work. Do something useful with your own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. We are called to work. To me, believers and followers of Jesus should be some of the hardest working people out there. It, it really shouldn't be a compliment when someone says, man, that's a hard worker. It should be good. I'm doing what I should be doing in Jesus. That's what we're called to do. We should be workers. But not only workers for the sake of working, but so that we can share with those in need. We should be sharing with those in need. And when we hear this, I know that most likely we probably automatically, most of us would think of financial need, someone that's poor, and we should be sharing with them and helping them. But there's a lot more needs out there than just financial needs. There's physical needs, and we need to help care for physical needs. There is emotional needs. There are mental needs. We need to be caring for people. You know, if you really want to care for someone, find out what they need and help meet that need. That's where people really feel the most cared for. Take time. Get to know someone. Find out what they need. Because I'll tell you, there's not a person in this room that doesn't have a need. The best way you can show someone love is to find out what they need. And do what you can to help them. Ask God to help you see the needs that people have. So that you can be, so that you can work and help meet that need. That's who we get to be in Jesus. It's a great thing. Verse 29. I've told you, this is my favorite section of Scripture. This is one of my favorite verses. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So instead, what? If we don't do that, what do we do? 
We only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. I love coming together on Sunday morning in this large group and worshiping God and lifting our voices together and looking to his word together and praying together. I love doing all that and I love focusing on him, but I love being with God's family and encouraging and building you guys up. I love it. That's what we should do. I love watching you do it with each other. That, that's why we gather. We gather so that we can be an encouragement to each other because it can get hard out there on our own, can it? So we come together. We need to come together. I need this. It encourages me. It spurs me on to be who I'm supposed to be in Jesus. We all need this. All followers of Jesus need this to encourage each other, build each other up. I have to go to someone that I was with on Friday night and, and apologize because I said something to him that I didn't, afterwards I've realized probably wasn't very encouraging. And God's been pricking in my heart about it ever since. Now here's the deal. Everyone that was there laughed when I said it. He laughed. I laughed. And he didn't have that nervous laugh like, yeah, okay. It, I mean, he, he truly laughed. It, we thought it was funny. But God's been pricking at me ever since. And I, and I got to call him up and I got to talk to him. Because it wasn't encouraging. And I didn't build him up in that moment. Verse 32 says, be kind and compassionate to another, forgiving each other. We get to be kind. We get to be compassionate. We're compassionate. Compassion is finding out about what their need is or putting ourselves in their shoes and saying, I understand. I can be there. We care about it. We empathize with them. We know where they're at. We're kind. We're compassionate. We're forgiving. We have to be forgiving. We have to forgive each other. And I'm going to say we have to. I mean, we get to, but we have to because we've been forgiven. And we've been forgiven from a lot more than that person that's wronged you has done to you. We've been forgiven a lot more. Jesus has forgiven everything. When we come to him, he forgives everything. If you're holding on to something with one person, forgive them. They may have probably only done one thing that upset you. How many things did you do for Jesus, to Jesus? How many sins have we committed? We are forgiven. And so it's expected that we take that forgiveness and turn it around and forgive others. Now sometimes that needs to be as part of a conversation. And sometimes our pride says, well, I just want to wait for them to come and talk to me. And don't, don't do that. Don't wait. Go do it. Forgive. And if a conversation needs to take place, have it take place. Chapter 5. Verses 1 and 2. These are my life verses. They are my favorite verses. Uh, these are the verses that I, when I committed myself to the Lord full time, that I said I want to follow. Uh, in the current NIV, it says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Uh, I actually like the older NIV better. It says, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Why? Because we're dearly loved children. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. And what do we do? We live a life of love. Why do we live a life of love? Because our example, Jesus, loved us and gave himself up for us 
as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Imitate God because we're his loved, dearly loved children. Live a life of love because Jesus gave us the example of giving himself up as a sacrifice and offering to God. That's what we're called to do. I don't like follow your example, follow God's example, because that's just, to me, that's not quite as strong as be an imitator. Be an imitator. Imitate. Um, We imitate the people we look up to, don't we? We tend to want to act like them, be like them. Um, My daughter Isabel, uh, her favorite brother, and she would gladly make this known, is her oldest brother, Brandon. She doesn't mind that at all. She'll say, yep, Brandon's my favorite. She'll say it with Colby and Jared standing there. Brandon's my favorite. Brandon went off to TFC when we were still in Montana. His freshman year, he was gone, and we had our harvest party at the church, which is our Halloween night. And so Isabel grabbed one of the many wigs that I had in my office at the time, the one that actually looked at one point like Brandon's hair, and uh, put the wig on and went and put on a hoodie and a pair of jeans and, and a pair of tennis shoes, soccer tennis shoes. And, and uh, when people would ask her, who are you? What, what's your costume? She goes, I'm my big brother, Brandon, because she missed him. She loved him. She wanted to be like Brandon. And when people would see her, they're like, who are you? But as soon as she would say it, they would right away remember. And he's like, yep, it, it was pretty amazing. I actually have a picture of it. I didn't bring it, didn't put it up. But uh, it was pretty amazing how much she did look like Brandon with that. Because she loves him. She wants to imitate him. Parents, kids, kids imitate their parents all the time. Uh, one of my favorite, uh, well, one of the guys that I think is the best imitating is Robin, was Robin Williams. Robin Williams imitated people really well. Uh, if you ever saw the movie, the cartoon Aladdin, he does, I don't know, countless imitations throughout that. In order for him to do that, he had to take time to study. He had to take time to listen. He had time to hear. And it wasn't just getting the voice, the sound of the voice right. It was getting the tone of the voice right, the cadence of the voice right. Right. The facial expressions of the face, right. Even the motions and actions, the way the person would move to really imitate someone well. I I can't imagine how much time and study it took for him to imitate just one person, let alone the multiple people that he imitates in the movie Aladdin. If we're going to imitate God, we have to spend time with him. We have to study who he is. We have to understand how Jesus would respond in this situation, in that situation. We have to know him if we're going to imitate him. First John tells us that God is love. And if we are imitating God, then we will live lives of love. Lives full of love don't look at the world and wonder why they act the way they do. Lives full of love look at the world and understand that they are in the darkness and they can't see. And we have a heart of compassion to them. And we want to share the light with them. Lives full of love don't run and huddle up and remain in places of light all the time and never go out into those places of darkness and protect ourselves. God's our protection. 
Life's full of love. Go out and share that light with those that need it. God calls us to imitate him and to live lives of love. That's who we are. That's who we get to be. Sacrificial love. Skip down to verses 8 and 9. It says, For once you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. That's what this whole section, live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. That's who we get to be as children of light. We get to walk in goodness and righteousness and truth. We don't have to worry about the lies. When Satan comes to us and tries to tell us a lie, we just say, no, that's a lie. I live in the truth. I don't need to believe that. It's a lie. I walk in the truth. I'm a child of God. I live in the light. Verse 10, find out what pleases the Lord. Man, that, that's good instruction right there. What pleases the Lord? I'll tell you what pleases the Lord. And, and, and I mean, I'm going to skip down here. Uh, skip down to verse 17. Understand the Lord's will. That's what pleases the Lord. And I talked about this a few weeks ago. God's had his general will for each of us right in here and also in the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit that lives with us, and these combined, that's what teaches us what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord, and then we do it. Verse 15 says, be wise. James tells us, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. I think I do it on a daily basis. God, give me wisdom. Lord, I'm in another situation. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, I'm going to be talking to this person. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, this is what's going on. Lord, give me wisdom. Ask. James says to ask, ask. I ask all the time. Verse 16 says, make the most of every opportunity. To me, this is, this, <laughs> we should be the hardest workers, shouldn't we? That's what making the most of every opportunity is. We are not called to be lazy. We are called to make the most of every opportunity keeping our eyes open to situation that God brings into our life, to the people that God's bring, God brings into our lives. Those people that he, if they're fellow brothers and sisters, the people that we get to encourage, if there's someone that doesn't know Jesus, the people we get to share his love with. Verse 18, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke 11 says, how much more will a father give good gifts to his children? How much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? If you know Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, but ask for the Spirit. Ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I believe in this, this word right here. I, I think I grew up uh, with, in a church that believed in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. It wasn't until college that I found out that there was the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit will never contradict His Word. And these work together in being filled by the Holy Spirit and understanding this so that we can make the most of every opportunity. I was 17 years old, I believe. I, I was eight years old when I accepted Jesus and the Holy Spirit came into my life. I was 17 years old when I felt the Holy Spirit fill me for the first time, fill me up. It was shortly after that that God called me into full-time ministry. God wants to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill you up with the Holy Spirit. If you want that today, ask. Ask to be filled by the Holy Spirit. 
Verse 19 says, sing, sing, make a joyful noise. Some of you out here sing and it's beautiful. Others of us sing and it's a joyful noise. I, 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 I make the loudest, noisiest noise when I'm by myself in my car singing. I'm sure, man, someone needs to have their phone ready because if they were to record me, there probably could be some pretty funny videos out there of some weird bald guy making all kinds of noise in his car. God calls us to sing. We get to sing to the Lord. And it doesn't even have to sound good. Make a joyful noise. Make a loud noise. All of it. Every part of you. Verse 20 says to give thanks. We live thankful, grateful lives for what Jesus did for us and everything we have or everything we don't have. Give thanks. And the last one will go one step further. In my old Bible, the NIV 84 that I grew up on, part of this section of walking as children of light, living as children of the light, verse 21 is part of under that heading. And it says, submit to one another out of reverence. As children of light, we get to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That means we put others first and we put ourselves last. Um, I always thought it was out of place. I, I didn't understand why it was there and part of, and then it had the, the heading wives and husbands, and then it started with wives submit to your husbands. We'll get to this next week. But um, I always thought that submit to one another should have been there first. And actually in the new version, it did get moved on. Um, but we, we get to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We get to put others first. Again, we look at this list, just as we looked at the don't list, we look at this do list and we say, man, that's a lot. Can I do all of that? I, I wrote down here in my notes right here, I said, no, it's only Christ in me. It's only Christ in me. I put no. Can I do, can we do it? Can we do it? No, only Christ in me. And then I was looking at this Bible, which has a bunch of notes, and at one point in time, I wrote, as a Christian, can I do and not do all these things? And the answer I said was, yes. Because Christ is in me, I can do these things. And I thought, well, the younger me was smarter than the older me. The answer isn't no, I can't do it. The answer is yes, I can do it because Jesus is in me. I can do these things. I can walk in his light. The answer is yes. Satan wants us to say no, I can't do this and give up saying so then when it happens, it's not a big deal. Yes, I can do this because the Holy Spirit is right in here because this belongs to Jesus. I can do all of this. I can walk in the light the way he calls me to. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We're going to sing a song. We're going to sing loud to God. But as you're thinking about this and as we're singing, I want you to stop and ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying to you through all this. Maybe you're saying, I have not been living that way. And I want to. He wants you to. He doesn't want to he wants to love you. Maybe you're saying, I, I don't know, what's this about being filled with the Holy Spirit? I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask. Pray. The elders are here. The elders are in the prayer room. If you need to come up to these altars, feel free to come. 
Say, who do I need to love in the name of Jesus? There's people out there that we need to love, that we need to show his light to. Who's that for you? I'm going to ask you to stand. Father, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you that we are your children. Thank you that we can walk in your light. Thank you that we get to do that. Thank you for each other that strengthens us and encourages us each other to live as children of light. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that does it too. Speak to us this morning. Thank you, Jesus.